from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to a brand new week, Chiefs fans. We have some great looking to do at every place on this roster, uh, position by position. We're going to start today. Uh, we had a, a brief glimpse of the quarterbacks last week, but we are going to go over some of the contenders along the defensive front that the Chiefs have to improve on so badly this season. It's kind of a common thread. So thanks for joining us again. If you're new to us, uh, there's plenty of ways to get involved. Uh, hit us on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Uh, Subscribe to the show on, on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. Um, and I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and the analyst over at Chiefs Digest. And I am Chris Clark. I am the managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com. And LockedOnChiefs.com has a lot of the content that we're doing this offseason, getting ready for free agency and the draft. Um, if you missed my mock draft from last week, check that out. Uh, Interesting first take at looking through where the Chiefs' picks are. Um, definitely have some things coming in terms of conditional uh, changes that may happen. Uh, comp pick possibly in the fifth, supposedly. Um, we don't know exactly what the conditions were of the Cam Irving trade, so there could be a pick lost there. Most people are assuming that. I- I'm not 100% sold on, on the number of snaps that he played. So uh, As well as some of the conditional trades that could uh, bring a seventh-rounder uh, back to Kansas City. So uh, it's an initial look, and we, we will adapt from there as we find out more information. But a little bit of news going on, and it looks like Dave Tobe's safe, right? At least for right now. Uh, it looks like the Colts are going to go with Frank Reich. Uh, we are recording this actually on Sunday, so it's possible that that changes. But uh, it has been reported that they are going to go with Frank Reich. Obviously, they are not announcing it until they have a signed contract. Um, gee, I wonder why that is. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly surprising, right? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and good for Chris Ballard. Cover your bases, you know. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Frank Reich is, is a vested veteran, both as a player and a coach in this league. Um, I don't think you have the uh, <laughs> either the ego or the the lack of confidence or just the the manic – decision-making of Josh McDaniels involved with the Frank Reich hire, so I don't think they have to be too worried. No, and I would probably agree with that. I don't think they have to be worried at all. I think it's going to end up happening. It's just a matter of when and when they announce it. Uh, you know, By the time you are listening to this, it's possible they would have already announced it. Yeah. But what it does for Kansas City is make sure that uh, you know a guy that should have gotten a little more attention you know, in the early part of the coaching hires um, – I think he's safe again in Kansas City. Dave Tubb is going to be a head coach eventually, I have to think. And I think it gives the Chiefs another chance to bounce back on a year that was probably uh, one of the least successful in terms of the special teams production over uh, the the Reed tenure since Tobe's been there. But I think that's a, a great thing for this coaching staff for the Chiefs to be able to retain him. No, I think it's fantastic for them to be able to retain him. The real question I have is how is he going to build off of uh, last year where he was, like you said, it wasn't a great effort from the special teams other than uh, them signing a future Pro Bowl kicker um, to be in Harrison Butker, and that was all on Dave Tobe. So we have to thank him for that. Yeah. Uh, and and you know he's got he's got a little bit of a challenge, um, as we have talked in the past, uh, and we haven't gotten specifically to the specialists, but um, this is a year where you might see uh, Dustin Colquitt depart the team uh, due to his contract and his age. 
he has fallen off a little bit in the last season. So uh, there is a possibility that Dustin Colquitt is not your punter next season, which means Dave Tobe is probably either drafting a guy or picking you know a quality uh, undrafted free agent that he wants to mentor. Uh, we've seen uh, Cairo Santos was young. Uh, Bucker is obviously young. Um, you don't see this team, at least for Tobe, wanting to bring in veteran guys for those specialist positions. So I have to think that they're going to look at a young guy again and mentor him. Well, the biggest problem with bringing in a veteran is you're going to pay him a ton of money. Um, and Kansas City's finally getting to a point where they're not having, you know, four million a year locked up in a, in a punter. And, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, I've always liked Colquitt. Um, he's great. You know, he's great with fans at, at training camp. He's a lot of fun. Uh, problem is, is he's gotten passed up in this league. Um, he's a little bit older and he doesn't have the leg that, uh, is a booming leg anymore. There have been a bunch of kickers that have come in or punters that have come in and have bigger legs than he does, which it isn't all about having a big leg, obviously, but that's a large part of it. Yeah. And, you know, we saw an, uh, another punter in camp. Uh, they have some ties. They've done some looking. Uh, I expect them, if they do part ways with Colquitt, to have a couple in camp, uh, maybe look at a battle there. But uh, having Dave Tobe able to be the guy that's doing that evaluation uh, is a big boon for this team overall uh and like you said maybe they can get back uh to being a little bit more productive on the special teams well and i think the other thing that you look at with colquitt is like like i said i mean he is a great punter he's still great directionally uh his net is still pretty good he's still good at pinning people back and putting it inside the 20 it's not out of the question that he's back in kansas city next year if they don't um if they are able to get him to sign a you know a one and a half million dollar a year contract, I think he would be in Kansas City. But I don't know that he's going to be willing to uh, sign that kind of contract. We'll have to see. Yeah, I think that'll be the tell telltale point of, of whether he's back or not. Well, now one of the other things I want to mention, um, you know, we talk about how they haven't announced Frank Reich as the head coach, and that's because of the mess with Josh McDaniels, and they want to get a contract signed. You know, one of the other things and. You know, during the Super Bowl, I don't put a lot of stock in what Pro Football Talk says. But one of the things during the Super Bowl and right before the Super Bowl is that they were hearing that it was possible Josh McDaniels uh, would pull out as the head, future head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Only place I saw it, and it ended up coming true. Uh, Pro Football Talk is now reporting that the Redskins are toying with the idea of franchise tagging Kirk Cousins. Well, yeah. Thank. All I can say is, thankfully, the Chiefs are not going to be involved in the quarterback drama. So, uh, the, you know, the only well, impact they still may be though. They they may be by default. If they franchise Kirk Cousins and he signs it, do you think they still go through with the Alex Smith trade and the Alex Smith? I think whether Josh McDaniel backs out of a deal or not is irrelevant. I don't think the league will allow an agreement in principle announced from both sides to be reneged on. It hasn't been announced from either side. Both of them put out at least social media confirmation that they had made the trade Smith for Fuller. No, they haven't. Okay. They can't until the 14th. I believe if you go back and check their feeds, you will see that we announcements that are, you know, worded like we've agreed in principle to X, Y, and Z. And I don't think the league will let that get unwoven. 
I could be wrong, but from a league standpoint, it's one thing for an individual coach to to pull a maneuver like that. I don't think the league will let uh, an organization do that. And I don't think that the Redskins would want to do that because that really screws them up for any kind of future thing. But I do think it's intriguing that they are talked about as wanting to franchise Kirk Cousins for a third time. Um, I got to think that's more smoke and mirrors. I don't know what advantage it would give them. Um, I think it's kind of silly, but you know, like you said, they're right on the one thing. If pro football talks right on this, then that'll be interesting. The good news for the chiefs is that they had multiple suitors. So uh, obviously that's going to have to happen before, uh, you know, early in the new league year. So plenty of time before the draft for the chiefs to find another suitor if they have to. Um, it sounds like, uh, there were a number of teams that made offers of second-round picks, uh, John Dorsey included, in Cleveland. So I think that has to become uh, you know, a- an option there. Maybe this drama isn't over, but I-, I have to think that it is. Well, I do too. I just I thought it was intriguing that, that it's mentioned that they could be looking at doing that. Uh, really hard to see happen, but at this point, I, I never thought that a coach would renege on, on a – uh, sign deal to become or on a deal to become a head coach. Yeah, hey, you you got you got me there. Um, well, we'll see what comes down. The topic for today, folks, is going to be uh, what we have to look at in determining what this team needs to do along the defensive front. Uh, and we're like we said last week, we're not going to break down, you know. Uh, right defensive end versus left or anything like that. But today we're going to take a look at the defensive line positions themselves. And it's it's a precarious position right now. Uh, we've, we've heard bits and tails, uh, maybe even from us as well. I kind of think it's an outside possibility that, uh, that, that the team may feel that they need to part ways with Alan Bailey due to his contract size. I, I find that a little bit hard to believe, and, and this is why. And, Chris, you tell me what you think because – you look at Benny Logan is becoming a free agent. Raheem Nunez Rochas is becoming a free agent. Those are your two starters along with Alan Bailey last season. Well, yes, Chris Jones played a lot of snaps, but he wasn't truly a, a first snap player. Raheem Nunez Rochas is going to be retained. Um, so I'm not worried in that front. Benny Logan being. A uh, free agent is a little worrisome because they don't really have anybody to put in there at, at defensive tackle. Although uh, I believe Justin Hamilton is a is a kid that they brought in late in the season uh, that we didn't see. He did play some snaps. Yeah, he and he did get a few snaps. Right. Here, here's my theory. And if you really have to, who else can hold up to double teams pretty well? That's already on this roster. Because I know he's overly tall, but I think if you needed to, and if you didn't have another way around, I don't think R&R can do it. I think R&R is undersized, and I, I think he probably had a fall off, honestly, in, in 2017 versus 2016. Uh, I think they do need to resign him. But I think Alan Bailey could go into the middle and play that nose for the smaller percentage of snaps that they play in the base 3-4. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I nuts about that? I wouldn't say you're nuts. I think it's misusing uh, what he's good at, but... It wouldn't surprise me if they used him there. Uh, but, you know, that really comes down to, you know, honestly, that would, if they kept Chris Jones and R&R and Alan Bailey, that would give you a way to get all three of your best defensive linemen on the field at the same time in the base D. So 
That's kind of where I'm thinking because Hamilton, like you said, saw some decent snaps. I don't think he's anywhere near ready to be a, a prime time every down in the base defense starter at nose tackle. Uh, and we all know that they have to shore up the run defense. So I can't see anybody out there that they need to make a play at in free agency. Do you? Well, Don Terry Poe's going to be free agent again. Like I said, I don't see anybody they need to go after in free agency. <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, if, if Poe's willing to come back for 6 or $7 million a year, are you going to say you wouldn't take that? He's still got the same back he had when he left, doesn't he? For a year. A one-year contract. I guess I see where you're coming from, maybe. I'm not saying it's the best situation, but no. for a one-year contract, I would think that you would want to at least explore that option. Yeah. I guess that could be. Uh, possible. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to get offered on the open market with that back. I mean, it doesn't seem. It didn't seem like he got a, a good offer last year. Yeah, I, I didn't think so, and it doesn't seem like they're interested in bringing him back too too awful hard. So uh, maybe that does happen in the end. Maybe the market is what sets that for the Falcons, but we'll find out. So what that leaves you is, you know, you have Bailey under contract. You have Chris Jones under contract. Yes, R and R should be back. But, you know, nothing's completely out of the, the realm of possibility, right? Well, but let's be let's be frank on uh, Benny Logan. Would you rather have Benny Logan or would you rather have Don Terry Poe next year? I think Logan played better against the run in the, over the last two seasons. Okay. I think Don Terry lost some weight, and I thought he put more pass rush on in, in Atlanta. Uh, and maybe if he can do that again, maybe then it's more of a draw. Um, I would like to see more pass rush out of him, but... When when they make the shift to the four man front and you're running two three techniques, I think R and R gives you that that burst. Uh, obviously, Chris Jones does. Alan Bailey isn't. I mean, he's a pocket pusher. He's not a penetrator. So I think if you if you maintain Alan Bailey, then you still have a three man rotation. I think what it says about this position group is that they ought to be looking in the draft at adding a guy that maybe has a little bit of both can maybe play a five-tech if you need to. But I think more importantly, uh, given the number of snaps they play in the big nickel, I think they got to have a guy that, that can push the pocket and penetrate as a three technique to rotate in with the R&R and the Chris Jones and Bailey if he's still here as well. Well, at that point, you're probably drafting somebody for that. Yeah, and that's what I think. I, I went with Andrew Brown here in this last mock because he's a guy that did exactly that. Uh had decent film as, as a five technique, uh, played at Virginia, but he's not an overly bulky dude. He doesn't, you know, he, he's not like a Benny Logan typer or a uh, Dontari Poe. He doesn't, he doesn't carry that much mass low. He, he's taller. He's leaner. Uh, he's a guy that I think penetrates well. And what we saw is when he went to the senior bowl, when he was actually allowed to play a three technique and penetrate the pocket and not ha- try to two gap, uh, he was able to do that really well and actually had a higher grade according to PFF uh, at the senior bowl than he did through his college career. Well, and let's also take a look back and, and see, okay, so Chris Jones, you think, I think he's probably going to be a starter in, in 2018. Um, I think he becomes a starter in 2018 and moving forward. Uh, and I honestly think that, you know, you look at what Benny, not Benny Logan, I'm sorry, uh, Rakeem Nunez Roaches did in the offseason. He had 25 pounds of muscle to his body really changed the way he was able to play and helped this defense. I'm not so sure that he's not going to be a bigger part of the defense next year uh, as a full-time starter and 
maybe somebody that can play inside, you know, on certain downs. Yeah, as a three tech, I think he's fine. Um, I don't think that weight helped him that much when he was out trying to two gap at the five. You know, and maybe that's you know partly growing into that weight that you just gained and, and learning how to use it better. I don't think he was quite as explosive because of that weight, and, and that's fine. Uh, he can train that to get that back as well, even at that higher weight. I think really the nose is the question in the base, um, but R&R is a restricted free agent. They're going to tender him. I don't think uh, you know they're going to tender him too high, and I, I think he does come back. You're right. Um, but beyond that, he's going to be a free agent the next year. And so I think either way, whether it's Andrew Brown or somebody like him that can do a little bit of both, I think the Chiefs need to bolster their defensive line in this draft as well. I agree with that. I think they're going to need to build uh, and help that in that regard. I mean, you look at, you know, we talked about how they need to imp- uh, improve against the run. Well, you know, the linebackers are the ones that make all the tackles, but if they're not kept clean by the block, by the people up front, it's not going to matter how good they are. So, you know, you really got to get that defensive line figured out to be able to help the entire defense. Yeah. I, I, right now, I think it's probably a day three selection is probably the best value for what the team needs, like you said, because they probably have their starters at end in Bailey and R&R. Uh, and if you move Bailey inside, then you have Jones starting as well. Um, so the, it's not a, a dramatic need that you want to spend a high pick on, especially when you only have a second and two thirds. But if that changes and they think they can get more out of their linebacking crew, like you said, out of getting one, I won't rule out a, a third round selection for that spot. So, um, you know, that's something we'll look at going forward as we look at all the draft pieces and the prospects that are out there as we get closer to the draft. So you guys keep your ears out for that. Uh, we'll also have some stuff over on Locked On Chiefs. Um, well, and the other side of, of them going out and getting a guy in, in the draft is, you know, I think Brett Veach is going to go out and get the best guy available. I don't think it's going to matter position-wise. I think he's going to go out and get the best guy uh, that is available at the time, and maybe that's going to be a D lineman um, as long as it fits their scheme. Yeah, and and I I hear where you're coming from. I always think of it less as best player available because at that point it might be a quarterback, and I don't think they do that. Um, Right. I do think it will be the best player available at a position of need that can help this roster. Uh, And – Clearly, John Dorsey wasn't afraid to, to draft guys last year uh, that weren't going to be projected starters. Um, it, I'm sure Veach can see some of that, but I feel like his more aggressive attitude, he's going to look, particularly with those three picks in the top 100, to be guys that can come in and, if if not snart, play significant snaps in year one. Well, and we also, you know, right now we're just looking at it and we're still, what, two months away from the draft, two and a half months away from the draft. Right now they have what they have three first or three top hundred picks. Who knows? Maybe they'll have more by the time we get to the draft. That's true. Beach is made moves. Yeah. That's uh, he's going to be aggressive. So maybe he trades somebody away for a draft pick. Really would be hard to get something that high, you would think, but. I, I agree with you. And, you know, I just want to ask one, one more question before we close it up here for today. Your gut feeling is Alan Bailey back next season or not? Honestly, I don't have a gut feeling right now. Okay, um, it's hard because I, I think he, I think he has a place on this team. I think he's valuable to this team, but at that cap number, and it really depends on what the team is looking to do next year. If they're looking to um, really go deep in the Super Bowl, then I don't think you cut him because I think the value is there for him. If they're looking at having a transition year uh, for Pat Mahomes and, and 
expect to go deeper in 2019, then maybe you do cut him and, and you, you know, recoup the salary cap in the over next year. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. Well, as we get a better feeling, folks, we will let you know. Thank you for listening to us today. This is the first in our series of position reviews, and we're kind of mixing it in. It's not just going to be the guys they have on the roster. We're kind of going to do a little bit of both, a little preview of the draft to um, some early looks. And we're going to continue that through the rest of the week. We have some great guests coming up. Uh, we have a, a, a draft prospect uh, that we're going to announce when we have a, a solid time to record with him, but uh, somebody you're going to recognize at a position that uh, is becoming – uh, more valuable than it was at least in the last five or six years. Um, obviously, Seth will be back well, he, with us, and he can give us some. In, he'll be able to give us some insight into a new Chiefs coach, I believe, as well. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well as his his take on one of the top quarterback prospects in this draft. So we're going to tie it all together, and we have some great stuff coming for you. So spread the word, get subscribed, hit LockedOnChiefs.com. It's got all of our work as we go through the daily process. We are not going to back off this offseason. If you want to know about your Chiefs and who may become a Chief, keep it here. Keep it locked on. Thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.